0: Welcome to What The Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, Certified Financial Planner, Jonathan Bedner.
1: Ryan Dietrich, how are you doing today?
2: Jonathan, I'm doing well. Thank you for the opportunity to, I don't know. What are we going to talk about? There's nothing happening. You know, hopefully we find something to talk about for 15 minutes here.
1: I think we'll find something. Uh, You did obviously point out that I made a typo. You are not the LPL chief marketing strategist. You're the chief market strategist.
2: Um, Yeah, sometimes I'm a marketing person, I guess, but no, I'm I'm not in marketing, but that's all right. It was an honest mistake, and those are okay. We accept those, so no problem.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. So yeah, I just thought that this would be a good way to to get an update on the market, where things stand, what's happening with interest rates, what's happening with some of these names that really worked through uh, through COVID last year and have been really high flyers. And so I got three or four questions for you. And we'll start off with basketball. So I know you are a Villanova fan and a basketball fan. Have you, where do y'all? Pro, what seed do y'all project to be at for the tournament? How, how have y'all looked this year? What's your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, actually, no, I'm a Xavier fan. Xavier University. Um, Villanova, Villanova was. Villanova was John Lynch. <laughs> we used to go oh. back and forth. Okay, so that's okay. But Xavier, unfortunately, last night lost again they they were on the bubble i think they're last four in according to Lenardi, and then they're up 19 points against butler and they found a way to lose so it's just it's aggravating they used to make the sweet 16 they made like eight, i don't know six sweet 16s in 10 years now they can't even make the tournament so it's disappointing um and they're not gonna make the tournament this year so no march madness for the dietrich family it looks like
1: xavier that's uh cincinnati right
2: Yes, it's in, so I grew up in southwestern Ohio, Springfield, Ohio. always liked Cincinnati, just grew up in the big city, kind of near there about an hour away. And, yeah, Xavier was uh, the school I went to, a little Jesuit school that has a pretty good basketball program. I did yes. not play basketball, but I went to many of the games.
1: Yes, they do. Yeah, I don't know why I thought Villanova, so I apologize about that. I'll make it up to you on question number five, though, because I know that for sure.
2: There you go. Sounds good. I'm hungry
1: already. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so a lot of the questions um, – that we've gotten lately, you know, really stems around the stimulus package and what's going to happen with rates. So as you know, that stimulus package got passed a couple days ago, 1.9 trillion. I think that's the second largest stimulus package uh, that has been passed. And so with that, it's my anticipation, we're going to see a lot of economic growth pick up. I think a lot of that money is going to get filtered into the market via consumption. And so... My question for you is, do you think in the back half of this year, we're gonna see potentially the Fed raise rates because the market and the economy is running hotter than we expected, really driven by the stimulus package?
2: Yeah, that's the million dollar question. Um, You know, I guess the short answer is no, we don't think they're gonna hike rates this year. The Fed has been on record as saying, you know, like 2023, maybe 2024. But, you know, the truth is, Jonathan, the economy is opening up, right? Look at the recent manufacturing numbers, the ISM manufacturing, second highest we've had since 2004, just this morning, the initial jobless claims. They still came in over 700,000, so I'm not minimizing. That's still a historically high number. But that's still an improving trend, right? Claims are starting to go down. We might see a million jobs potentially next month created, or I should say this month, the month of um of March created. Uh, so it's just truly the economy is opening up, and now you've got the stimulus on top. You could say like the cherry on top, so to speak. And and do we real? Did we really need one point nine trillion? I mean, you can make some arguments one way or the other, but the truth is a lot of people are still suffering. A lot of people still need help here, and that's what's going to give us that bridge to the other side. The other side is on the second half of this year maybe even sooner they're saying by may we might have heard heard immunity and um you know the truth is things are going to open up drastically and that's why as a time you and i are recording this the s&p and the dow are at all-time highs the stock market's a leading indicator for the economy it's likely saying the economy should really improve the second half of 2021 as we open up and um you know back to circle right back now uh you know Things still aren't perfect. The Fed has said this. They're not going to hike rates until they see inflation, all right, until they see an average of 2%. Doesn't mean you hit 2% and they start hiking. An average of 2% means you got to stay there for a while. So the truth is, again, we're likely not going to see the Fed do anything this year, and it could be more of a second half of 2022 story, in in our opinion, at least as of now.
1: Okay, yeah, so one of the things that I heard, I think it was on today or maybe yesterday, but, you know, Dow Transports hit an all-time high again, and transports historically have been – Another leading indicator, and as long as we've got, you know, product moving and transportation, um, then that means that consumers are spending money. So that's another, you know, positive indicator we we've seen uh, with that being at all-time highs.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you try to buy a bed lately or you try to go buy a bike for your kids, I mean, you can't buy these things like there's literally none of them. Right. I mean, it's like there are some supply issues with China and covid. We get it. But the demand is just so strong right now. It's it's truly, uh, truly amazing. You know, and it, it, it's just it says, again, this reopening is happening and it's uh, something that we don't want to bet against, I guess. Absolutely.
1: Uh, let's go to the question the second question i have and so are higher interest rates a negative for the stock market so that's come up a lot lately there's a lot of fear about uh, i think it's a fear of change more than anything but the the negative mentality around you know rising stock uh, excuse me rising interest rates is a negative for the market uh so do you have any uh, stats or any guidance on on that question
2: yeah. I mean, the the good news is history says no. Let's be honest. What do rising rates usually impact? Bonds, right? Rates and bonds tend to be inversely related. Um, and when you look back, we took a look in this, this week's weekly market commentary that we wrote here at LPL Research. We found 13 different periods of a higher trending 10-year yield, Jonathan. And when we looked at what the S&P did, Stocks gained 10 of those 13 when the when the 10-year yield was going higher. Since the mid-90s, the last six times we had an extended period of a higher trending 10-year yield, the S&P gained every single time. So it's almost the fear of the unknown, uncertainty. It's been a long time since we had inflation, been a long time since we've seen some significantly uh, trending higher um, uh, yields. People seem to forget that. But again, it's probably honestly as simple as this. The bond market is sniffing out kind of what we talked about the first question, a better economy, money's kind of leaving bonds, yields are going higher, and history says stocks should do pretty well. Now, the reason the market kind of got really volatile the last couple of weeks with higher trending yields, technology makes up. I don't know the exact number. We'll say 25% or so of the S and P 500 technology names and communications did amazing uh, jobs, leveraging short-term rates to help finance their growth. So rates are going higher. You kind of got a rocky boat, if you will, out of some of the technology and communication names, the good news, though, we think it just was time for a break for some of those. And I mean, you look back in history again, higher trending ten-year yield doesn't really slow down tech. In fact, tech has been one of the better groups with a higher trending ten-year yield. So it's uh, one of those things the media gravitate to. It causes excitement. After a 76% rally, maybe stocks are just due for a little pullback. And we had it, right? And now we're making new highs again as we speak.
1: Yeah, I think a a lot of times there is this, it's kind of like an all or nothing feel. And so there's been a a big push lately of, well, tech's not performing anymore. It's time to go go somewhere else. I'm just a fan of, you know, you invest in things you know and, and you use. And, you know, without naming names here, a lot of those tech companies are what, you know, what we use on a daily basis. Um, exactly. I just had a thought on that, and actually escaped my mind as I was babbling. So, we'll, we'll kind of lead. That leads us into into the next, you know, kind of question I thought of before before this. And so, yeah. value over the last ten years, but you know, maybe even a shorter window, three to five years, has really underperformed pretty significantly. Uh, growth growth stocks and growth investments, and and now you're potentially seeing as rates go up some people pulling money out of those growth stocks, moving them into value oriented positions. So what's your your opinion on this? I'll call it the value or growth debate.
2: Yeah, it's kind of what you said a second ago, you know, the all or nothing idea. People say it's kind of like the Red Sox and Yankees. You have to pick a favorite. You have to be in value. You have to be in growth. I'll tell you what, you know, when we did this last time, right, we were firmly in the growth camp at LPL Research. Last year, what happened? The economy didn't do very good. There wasn't a lot of growth. It, the funny thing about that, investors reach for growth when you don't have a lot of growth. Now you fast forward to this year, we're looking at, you know, the OECD just came out and said we might see close to 6% GDP growth here in the United States uh, in 2021. That's a lot of growth. That's why value has started to do so well the last uh, call it last several months, financials, industrials, materials. Honestly, materials started doing well middle of last year. Um, but the way we see it at LPL Research, again, we were value for growth a lot last year. We've evened up now, right? I mean, we think there you can have a little bit of both, right? On the growth side of things, we still like technology a lot. It got a little pricey. We had the quick correction. Now it's coming back. You know, you think about the NASDAQ, which is not pure tech, I get it, but there's a lot of tech in the NASDAQ. NASDAQ had a 10% correction in three weeks, One of the fastest corrections in the history of the NASDAQ, a correction is a 10% correction. And then you look at history like we do, Historically, stocks do really, really well. The Nasdaq comes back six and twelve months later. It's higher most of the time with some significant gains. So these quick, violent corrections in technology and NASDAQ, we think is a buying opportunity. But again, so we like the technology names. We still like communications. Then on the other side of things, industrials, financials, and um, industrials, financials, and materials are still looking good. And energy, I mean, everybody left energy for dead. You know, the last 10 years, energy is still down a ton. It started to do well. Crude oil's going higher as the global economy comes back. So those are some groups we like. You know, healthcare, we're a little more wishy-washy, neutral on. And then the more defensive areas, your REITs, let's see what else we have, your utilities and consumer staples, we'd be underweight those. And that's kind of how we're positioning the models that we run for our more than 17,000 LPL advisors and their clients. We're more of a 50-50 growth in value with some of our favorite areas there versus the clear tilt to growth we had last year.
1: Okay. What's your, I mean, I know this is a little bit longer term, but I mean, What do you think happens over the next, you know, two to three years? You know, a lot of people are always kind of in the back of their mind, worried about the next big recession. And I don't know when it's gonna happen again. I personally feel like, you know, we just had one and weathered it fairly well. But, you know, there's a lot of concern that as the market heats up and starts to do really well, there the fear is, oh, we're at all time highs, So we got to correct sometime immediately.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you know, trees don't grow forever. You know, uh, things don't go up forever. And honestly, if you're bullish, one of the better things probably after a huge rally the past year Isn't it something, though, by the way. So today's the 11th. We're about one year off of those lows. And in a way, it feels like a lifetime ago. At the same time, it almost feels like yesterday in a lot of weird ways. But the truth is, you know, if you overlay this bull market for the first year with the two previous best starts to a bull market ever, 82 and 2009, those are also up about 70, 75 percent at about the 10 or 11 month mark. Very similar. You know what they did for the next three to four months starting about now? Kind of got choppy. Right, it didn't just keep going up. Little sell-off, um, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, let's be honest. I just listed some positive things that are out there. Everybody's talking about the same positive things that are out there. Maybe the market's kind of the economy's great, and, and again, you can have a good economy, but the stock market maybe it's time for a little bit of a break, and that's not the end of the world. Money sloshes around. Maybe you know growth does well for a little bit. Then no cyclical value. You know, you can go back and forth. It's not like last March where everything sold off. So, so we kind of see it uh, see it that way. Something else that gets me. I've, I've got my facts set open. Small caps, you know what small caps are up for the year by chance, Jonathan? You want to take a guess?
1: Year-to-date or for the trailing 12?
2: Uh, Year-to-date, I guess, is what I'm going to say. 18? Oh, you're good. 17.7, <laughs> you're off, but, you know, that's yeah. pretty, you nailed that. That's at least a Russell, too. I mean, 18% for small caps. Listen, we don't have a problem with small caps. We're market-weight small caps. As the economy opens up, we like them. But you see something like an 18% gain after the huge rally we saw in the third and fourth quarter in small caps, and you start to say, you know, are we getting ahead of ourselves? And again, we're still bullish, but I think maybe some of you wait for our pitches, like in technology, we had that pullback 10% in the day NASDAQ, more in technology, you know, that's the, kind of the pitch you want to wait for. So, um, you know, as investors, we can be patient, but still things all in all look really good. It's just maybe time to be a little more patient here. If um, you know, from a longer term portfolio perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Ryan. I got one final question. I, you know, I think this is our third time to have a chat over the last year. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. We are both foodies. And so I thought I would end this with a layup and say creme boulet or bananas foster.
2: Well, you and I have a motto when we um, when we eat together, and we just say double dessert. So you know the answer is both. I mean, <laughs> both. but if you truly the old gun to the head, pickle, I'm a banana Foster's guy. I've never creme brulee is cool. They bring out the flame and they do it all. I guess banana Foster's they can cook it at the table side too. But yeah, I'm 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 a banana Foster's guy at the end of the day. But there's nothing wrong with the, with a the good old creme brulee too. So like I said, next time you and I get together, if you make it down to Fort Mill or I get over to Knoxville, we'll see, you, we'll just get them both, and it's just easier that way. You don't have to pick a fan. Favorite, you know
1: yeah that works for me i think i'm the same boat you know I, I do like them both but it's hard to be the really good bananas foster so absolutely all right well thanks for coming on ryan we'll try it again one day and um or you know one day coming up and you know again thanks for coming on we really appreciate your insight
2: Anytime. Um, This was fun. It's harmless. You're always nice to me other than calling me a marketing person. I mean, you know, that's, that's okay. But no, I'm I'm honored, man. I'm a big fan of what you're doing for your clients and love how you're using these types of mediums to get your opinion out there and, and help your clients. And it's a, it's an honor to be part of the team. So anytime you want me, I'll be there. Thank you. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us on What The Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love.